0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Illuminate. Today we're continuing our conversation with David Goff and Josh Geiger on leadership and volunteering at Hope Fellowship. If you didn't catch the first part of this conversation, definitely encourage you to go back to last week's episode and get caught up on what we talked about as far as volunteering. And this week we're transitioning over and talking about leadership at Hope Fellowship. I know we've uh, kind of thrown out this term ELT, and we've mentioned that you're both on the leadership team. But just kind of want to take a minute to talk about um, that side of your service slash leadership roles here at Hope, um, and kind of let people in on what that is and what that looks like at Hope.
1: Yeah, so the ELT stands for Executive Leadership Team. It's a it's a, a official term that's part of our church bylaws, which are really our governing document for. Uh, David used the term legalist It's kind of that legalist side of how the structure of the church uh, I always call it you know the business side because anything that's not engineering that's what I I say it's a business (laughs) side but you know kind of what it is the back office of of the church and the organization so the leadership team is really uh, a group of people that are are coming together roughly once a month and they I kind of look at it as macro guidance for the church, right? We're not involved in the day-to-day things, right? We're not, we don't have uh, offices here that somebody's always staffed in, right? That's not what it's for. But it's, a, it's more of a macro guiding of the church uh, from a direction point of view. Uh, uh, how do we allocate our finances as we go forward, mainly on a yearly basis, which When I first got exposed and was being asked to potentially be on a leadership team, I specifically remember Pastor Mark saying, well, you know, you do have a fiduciary responsibility. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Google. But, all right, and so, you know, that's the money side of it, which is, you know, it is reality, it's a part of of the church, right? I mean, in order to have full-time staff, they have to eat and they have to have a house and so people do get paid that are on staff, right? That's, the ministries need money, right? You know, equipment needs to be purchased if that's the direction we want to go. So the leadership team has a responsibility to try to look uh, of the requests of the pastors or the leaders of the of certain ministries and determine if what we have faith that will come in as far as ties for that year can be allocated in that way. So um, I would say that that's a big part of it. Uh, and then there's some oversight, too, of, of the pastors that, that we have a responsibility for per the bylaws. So it's kind of some of the things that stick out for me in answering what is it. Did I miss anything?
2: You know, as far as being on the ELT, I think, you know, Pastor Mark, uh, it was his vision or God placed in his heart the uh, the seed to 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 plant this church, so it it sort of comes from his vision, and you have to have some structure in which to operate. Otherwise, you can get yourself you know mismanaged, so to speak. And so uh, as we grow, we have to have some structure and boundaries. We have a responsibility not to each other, not just to to the staff here, but more importantly to God, you know. And and we take this to heart. This you know the the duties we have for servanthood, for looking out of the management of the best interest of, of hope fellowship. And as whether it's fiduciary in nature or general vision, uh, we come from different backgrounds, different ages, and we, but I think we all have a heart for God and a heart for service so that, uh, you know, we can put our own interests aside and, and listen to each other, grow and and apply that in, in what you know the nature in which I don't know anything about the 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 production side of things, but I I can also see the benefits of that per, both personally and for others. So you know, lots of times it's about others bringing something to the table and saying, look, you know this this is what we see and this is this is what's happening sort of around us. You know, because I, I I just believe this this walk that we have this journey through Christianity is never stagnant. It always involves change, and so the change may. Be uncomfortable for me as a as an individual, but as a whole, as a body for our church, it, you know, it may be something that others look at and say, "This is awesome," and and so I think I have a responsibility to look at the big picture, zoom in, zoom out, uh, whether it's fiduciary in nature or whether it's uh you know just managing X's and O's or or looking at how we're going to allocate and and how we're going to plan for the future and. And uh, one of the beauties of it is I think a- as a church is, you know, we have some historical data, but we're not, we're not producing widgets that we're selling on the open market. So we don't, we walk in faith that, that our needs both financially, emotionally, spiritually will be met on, on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. And I think we have, we look back and we see, you know, how God has worked in this church.
0: I'm curious. Um, in your time on the leadership team, is it, I don't know, is there, is there a lot of frequency with which you have to resolve some sort of conflict or have disagreements about something, or are you raising concerns, or is it more of just kind of a responsive to things that Pastor Mark might present to you?
1: Uh, I mean, in short, it's, it's we've had all of those, right? I mean, I think it, I think if. Uh, anybody has an expectation that a group of individuals come together on a leadership team or as a church, right, and there's not going to be some disagreement, mm-hmm. then it's not real life, right? In fact, I think it's healthy. I mean, generally, Pastor Mark, we trust his his, uh, his guidance, his recommendation. You know, as David said, it originally was his vision, mm-hmm. right? So he comes a lot of times to the ELT with proposals, mm-hmm. right? And it's up to that team to To ratify those proposals, I guess if I'm using the right word, but to to really ask some tough questions, maybe that he didn't think about, or a lot of times he's already thought about them, and that's the he has a you know a response to those, and you know at the end of the day, we we take votes on things, right? We we have meeting minutes that get get taken. I was just making a note. There's currently six of us on the team, plus uh, Rick, our office manager is there, uh, and also he acts as our um, accountant, too, right? And he deals with all the, the hardcore numbers. And, of course, Pastor Mark. Uh, Rick's there is a non-voting member, I think, if we look up the bylaws <laughs> as far as, as, what, as what happens. But uh, that's kind of the structure of it. And I think uh, I, I, we still have uh, different views in that team, right? Everybody doesn't just agree. So w- we still, I think, have the best interest of the – the congregation in mind when we're making the decisions, not only from a leadership standpoint, but, but because we attend here as well, right? Again, we have a vested interest in wanting to make the right decisions for the health of the church, um, because it, you know, it's 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 an extension of of God, right? And so we have a responsibility as part of that role to be able to make tough decisions and to bring up things when we're not comfortable about a direction or a proposal, right? And that's what we're called to do.
2: And I think, you know, you would ask, you know, what sorts of things, what are the scope of what we deal with? And I, uh, it, it's all of what you said, but it's uh, whether it's uh, on the nature of uh, the administration of the church, whether it's the expansion, whether it's the staff, uh, whether it's the day-to-day uh, mission of the church uh, and what we're, how we're following god and how we're led and the becoming and belonging aspect or whether it's something more mundane that deals with you know we have an air conditioner that went out you know and that air conditioner goes out happens to be the worst one it's in the in the big room so you know we all members of the leadership team come from different backgrounds i i come from a you know sort of the engineering construction side of things so the facility side is is an area that that i'm probably a little more I think I'm a little more tuned in, not necessarily the, the technology side of, of production, but, but the the X's and O's of the construction of the church and the age of the, the facility, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, sometimes, you know, something will come up and say, you know, we need to think about this or, or when it's production, it's like, you know, our, our – I couldn't tell you if the soundboard is 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 two days old, if it or if it's if it's twenty year old technology that doesn't that doesn't mesh and you know it didn't doesn't migrate with something with a new software platform. I don't know these things, so you know I think the different members of the team bring different elements from their professional backgrounds that allow us to to hopefully thrive and and look forward and not get get caught in a situation where we're you know we're really unprepared for some big event now I don't think there's been strong
1: disagreement on this particular topic but one of the things I think it's probably hardest for us as a team to decide is when do we make a full-time staff position for x right because You know, we do have that that financial oversight and how do you allocate things. And when you bring a person on in any kind of either part-time or full-time capacity, that's a commitment to that person, right, from a financial standpoint. if That's all we're looking at. So that faith-driven budget, right, and what would be the ties that people are going to do over time uh, to support that new position is something that's, to me, probably been one of the harder things to, to wade through.
2: I agreed, and I think one of the things where Pastor Mark has been, you know, Pastor Mark when, was when there was a uh, hope of one, so to speak, and, and so he's seen the expansion, and also he sees the areas where we're stretched, and we need to, you know, we need another position, to you know, and, and these these sort of duties and areas need to be to to be split, so to speak, so that, you know, uh, somebody you yourself, Hannah, I mean, you've taken on things that you know at some points you can you can dilute your you can have wonderful capabilities but an individual not saying not using you but anybody can be diluted when there's only so many hours in the day and you have to rest and and the focus and the nature of what you do best becomes becomes diluted because you've got too much on your plate. So I think Pastor Mark has done a really, really good job of being able to sort of see where we're headed with that and say, look, this is this is not next week. But this is coming. I see this is coming, and I've talked to other pastors, and and they've experienced this, and they're you know they're a little ahead of us in the curve on this, this or this, and so I think he does a really good job of keeping us plugged in, because because these are things that I'm not only I don't know where to look, I don't know the questions to ask lots of times. So so he he does, and I think that uh, he brings that to us and explains it in a manner, and if we don't understand, we can raise questions. And uh if he doesn't have the answer, he can approach getting that, you know, information for us. And I think we've worked real well together. Uh I don't know how I don't even know how long I've been on the leadership. I had to look back. I mean, it's been six, seven years now, I think. I, I don't know.
1: You, but, you do get re-voted in. Like yeah. we have
2: to as a team approve on a certain
1: time horizon re re approvals into the board. It's not like once you get asked you're on it forever, right? I mean yeah. there is oversight on bringing people in and how long they could stay terms yeah (laughs) i guess that's the right word right um the the other thing i would say too is that i think we all feel a responsibility for you know you guys as staff too that you're getting a development of sorts right i mean you you talk about volunteering and in one place you know i'm assuming both of you have ambitions that are not what where you're going to be at today? Maybe they are. That's okay too, right? So, we spend you know uh, some amount of time making sure that Mark is comfortable with your one on ones and and the kind of the people soft side of of managing a staff of people and you, you know you're he's learning through this too, right? So you guys are too. I mean, as the church grows, as the staff number grows, what? He's able to have oversight on may get uh, reduced in some areas, and that's where he rely on you know Hannah in the, in the in the worship side of things. What do we need, right? Well, you know it's it it's not going to be necessarily his expertise in everything, but he's trying to communicate to that team what you guys are bringing uh, to him, and and I think there's an openness for that, and again an openness to ask tough questions. I don't I don't. F- ever feel like're uh, we're, we're not allowed to ask tough questions and that there's somehow somebody wants them to vote yes always right I, I don't feel a pressure for that at all nor do I think we should right I mean that's not it's not healthy for anybody right
3: I have an overwhelming amount of uh, questions so I can't ask all of them but for me like this is well this is like this is probably one of the more topics I'm probably more passionate about when it comes to uh, an executive leadership team or a group of elders or whatever you whatever word you want to lose for it, use for it someone who is a group of people who are keeping the pastor in check uh, accountable and then also making sure that the direction that, that they have something vested in it to where they're making sure that the vision is being carried out in the direction that is for flourishing, not for growth in numbers or anything like that, but for a flourishing of the people. And so I think for me, this is something that I, I, I love talking about one, because I I love bylaws and I love just seeing how structures are formed because, because so many churches do this so differently. So many churches have, the pastor has all the power, or the group of, and in our case, an executive, this is not the case at our church, but if we wanted to use this language, the executive leadership team would have all the power and could outvote um, that senior pastor. That was how uh, the, my dad's church was. So he could be outvoted, even though he would feel really passionate about something, he could be outvoted, and then that decision would not be able to be made, even though if he knew that that was, quote unquote, the right decision. And so I always just find this interesting, because I think I... Um, I've been here now for six years, I want to say. I, I never really got the question of, do we have a, a leadership team or do we have a group of people that are keeping Pastor Mark in check? But over the past six months, for some reason, that question has been asked to me more. And I and I think that there are podcasts out right now, like uh, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill is a podcast I think a lot of people are listening to that kind of show what happens if a pastor doesn't have accountability, essentially. Um, but I think also for me I, I, to say all of those things, and the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I think... Outside of God's sovereignty, we have a responsibility um, to carry out God's will for a church. And I think that a church can only help a people flourish as good as the leaders are of that church. And so I think f- f- for me, I think the executive leadership is probably one of the most important components of our church. And that's why I think I wanted to have a conversation with you guys today because this true, you guys truly are such an important component of this because you guys are not on staff here, but have a voice that has a massive impact. And that's not to say that everyone else in the congregation doesn't have a voice because we do listen to a lot of opinions and we do take a lot of things into account when people are talking to us on -on one-on-ones or in our volunteer bases or anything like that. But you guys have vested interest in this to see the people here become who God has created them to be and belong to a community here specifically at Hope. And you guys know Mark, you guys see his heart, but you also want to keep him accountable just as much as he wants to keep you guys accountable. And so I think that's what I really want people to see just that we're not over here. Mark's not over here just making all these decisions as he feels the voice of God speaking to him, because that can get really dangerous and that we're not over here just kind of taking things in directions that we individually go, but that we are really a cohesive unit, body of believers working together to help people become and belong. And I think that that's so important that I don't think it's communicated enough. We can always over communicate just that we're not just making decisions willy-nilly. Like we talked about with Austin Barrett, we didn't just decide to spend 60,000 plus dollars on a new sound system. I mean, we spent months in prayer and conversations and that's for anything as small as, hey, should we replace the ceiling tiles that have some moldy things and what is that gonna cost? And all of a sudden, we're having a two month conversation about that to, hey, should we invest in a new sound system that's gonna last us 10 years or 30 years or however long? Um, All that to say, I think, you know what is that account? What does that accountability look like? How does that relationship work between you guys and, and Pastor Mark?
2: With the E.L.T., one of the things that comes to mind for me, particularly the things, that, the comments that you made, is I I go back to the people and and who's on it and and how do we look at things and. And I look at the individuals, and I think one of the commonalities we have is goes back to something that John Eldridge said. You know, the, biblically, we're you know we we have to be confident in who we are, not arrogant, but confident in who we are, who God created us to be, and what 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 He's calling for us to do. But we also have to have a humility about how we do that, how we execute that. And, and if we're if we're confident but lack humility, we're arrogant. If we're uh, Humble, but don't have any confidence. We're weak, so I take that to heart with how I approach what we do on the E.L.T. Is I want to be confident, but I also want to be humble. And my humility is it's like, what does God? You know, this is not my decision. You know, I, I'm, I'm just a. Vo- i am i am just I want to be a voice for what I feel like God. You know, and and the things that He lays on my heart, the the the, my journey and my experiences and where He's led me, and you know what I've learned through that. You know, and how do I apply that to 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 the presence and place of being here at hope, the the body that is hope, the you know, everyone here is important to me, whether, whether I am on a first name basis with them or just see them and see the families that come. I mean, it, it is important that their experience in here is directly related to what God is doing in their life. Not, not necessarily, you know, the flavor of donut that they're eating here or their muffin that they're eating, but their experience and how they're growing and what, what, what that looks like in the kingdom of God.
1: You know, accountability is an interesting word. You know, I don't think until we started talking about this podcast that overtly that that term and my role on ELT had explicitly said, these are the five steps and things that I do to ensure that accountability is held. But, you know, in thinking about it, I think one of the big things that, well, two big things that come, come to mind, one is trust, right? Pastor Mark's got to trust us. To be able to to lay out his heart and his beliefs, and and vice versa, right? We got to have that trust that what we're saying to him and our beliefs are, are are listened to and, and, and taken in. So that's a big thing, and then open dialogue is another big thing. Um, you you pair those two though; those are really, those are human traits, right? In a way, but I think the other thing that that we make a very strong attempt to do is make everything biblical in scripture-based decisions and and things like that because that's that's the foundation you know religion in this building and those time i think somebody referred to it one time is that that's man trying to reach god right Mm -hmm. these are constructs that 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 humans are putting together right and so we got to make sure that the bible is a big part of of the component of, of accountability not that we as humans on that team are in any position to judge, but to make sure that that Bible is part and a, at center of every time that we meet and every time that we're
2: making the decisions. Josh is so articulate. I need to put something in his tip jar. So articulate.
0: I'm, I'm really curious uh, to ask really all three of you because you've spoken so highly about the um kind of system in place at Hope for Leadership and Accountability that we have with Pastor Mark and the leadership team. In this podcast series, we said we wanted to ask a lot of devil's advocate questions. So objectively, do you think that um, this way of doing things we have is the the best way to get things done? And do you think... uh it works because it's a good system or it works for hope because it was something placed on Pastor Mark's heart and that system might not work in another church? Do you think it's different leadership systems have to be unique to the church in the way that it's set up?
2: I think right now it is an excellent system for hope. Now, I also don't want to, I'm a, a big advocate for not Placing rigid barriers and rigid lines, saying this is always the way it's going to be because that's what we know and that's what we're comfortable with. I think that does a disservice to what God would have this church to do. And so, you know, but I do think for right now, and particularly, I, I look at the last two years and I think, you know, that it has really worked well for us. Because it's difficult right now for, you know, I mean, to be accountable or have another system in place or set up, it would be even more challenging. But I do think that knowing the people and knowing the way and knowing how we do things and the nature of it, particularly the last two years, whether what what that looks like going forward, I, I don't know and I'm not really worried about that. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for now, I think our energies are well spent in the manner and fashion in which things are set up. And the people that are there. Not that that can't change, but uh, but I, I do feel. I mean, there's a there's a piece with that, you know, that I that I have.
1: I think one of the difficult things in answering that question is technically you only know the answer to that after the fact, right? <laughs> and so for me, I guess the only way I can really answer that is that you got to come back to the, the to the heart of the people. Because, again, these are people constructs that are that are in that. And, and I think if all of the hearts are in the right place and you're keeping God at the center of that, I think, you know, in theory, a- any structure should be sufficient and meet the needs of the congregation and the church. Um, now, again, being people, there's going to be uh, different, um, different relationships and different demeanors of people and different ways of working that probably lend themselves to 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 better ways to organize themselves and so you know as as changes happen right I, i'm sure we would have to evolve now how, who, who's the one to bring that up and say this is the time and this is what that should look like i have no idea right i, I haven't thought about it but but i'm confident again if you go back to where our hearts are if all of our hearts are in the right place then we'll know and you know we the common saying is we're not all guaranteed tomorrow, too. I mean, there will come a time when Pastor Mark is not able to be the lead pastor of this church, right? And 30 years from now, I'm assuming it's not going to be, Mark, right? If we're still here on this earth and this is where the church... So there will be a change, a significant change at some point, and maybe that's the time for whoever's being called to be in that position that, that I don't. I'm assuming we would help at that point decide who that I'll would i tell you be. who it's not going to be. <laughs> you, you and me, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, the, there there are going to be some points that would naturally uh, have, in a terms of timing, a, a time to ask those types of questions. I haven't felt the need to change what we're doing, but, I, I mean, honestly, I don't have the experience in detail of all the other options that are out there to maybe even... Make a
2: suggestion of a, of a change, so it's something to keep in mind. I agree. I think you know, like you said, hindsight's twenty twenty, and that now that's only when you look back and see the clarity of, but but you also get to see how God works. You know, faith is a component where we don't we don't know what the future holds, but we walk in that, and then as we as it becomes history in our life, we look back and we say, you know, I think that's the beauty of faith is looking back and saying, you know, I didn't know where I was going. But I allowed you to lead me, and and my heart was for you. You led me. You took me where I needed to go. I had no idea where that was, and you see things that you never never would have seen in in foresight.
3: Yeah, I think to to answer your question, I think like I agree with what David said. I think it is a good system for hope specifically. I think in in all these systems that churches have, I, I think it should be traced back to one thing, and that is or two things, I guess, and that is accountability and then roles. Um, like if you look, and I, I had pulled up 1 Timothy 3 because he clearly maps out what a role of an overseer is, and Titus, they call it an elder, we would call it a pastor, and then qualifications for deacons. We would call it executive leadership team, it could be called a plethora of other things, and I think what's important is that, one, we're looking at Scripture, like what you've talked about constantly, Josh, and, and we're saying, does what what we're doing while we call it different things and we have a different language, we call the big room the big room, not the sanctuary thing. Oh, I just forgot the word. My dad would kill me. Um, yeah, you know, so we have different language for things, but is the root of everything the same? And I would say the biggest thing out of any system is is there genuine accountability because accountability will build trust? For me, I think we live in an age of skepticism, right? Like, like this is a, where people are, con- where stories are coming out of, of church hurt and there are stories coming out throughout the U.S., throughout, uh, you know, what, 10 years ago, you had the, the, the scandals happening in New England areas. So I think there's this era that we're entering into, which is this skepticism of leadership in general. Um, and you could put that into a broad different categories. And so I think that's what's important is one, that there's accountability. Um, I think back to when I was the Hope Kids pastor, um, Josh, you and Whitney, I think there was um, – I think I was about six months into it, and you guys wrote up a sheet that had uh, constructive criticism, right? You asked for it, too. Bro. And I asked – right. No, and I asked like, for it. Like you asked for that feedback. I and say, I asked for that either. feedback, but I think that that kind of – for me, when, when you guys gave that to me, and there was so much honesty in that, hurtful at times, but it was good hurt, right? It was, uh, okay, I am – I think I was what, 20 when I, yeah, I was 20 when I started. So it's like, yeah, I'm 20. I don't have kids. I never grew up in a kid's ministry. And so I think that's the beauty of accountability in the system that we have is that the leadership team trusts Mark enough um, to To trust that Mark is praying and, and really getting direction from God himself. Um, and then Mark is trusting the leadership team to come not only to, to be honest with them, but to come with the right motivations. Because I think there's a, we all come to the table with a lot of different motivations of why do we want worship to be better? We do what, what are the motivations? Do we want worship, worship to be better so more people walk in the doors and see that it's good? Or do we want worship to be better so that there's less distractions and people can Worship God, right? So Mark's trusting leadership team for that. I, I know when I've talked to Mark about the leadership team, as I'm just trying to grow in my knowledge of how he's run the church and how he's, how his experiences have culminated in the way that he leads. He has said that, um, right? He has the final say, so to speak, but he's never gone against what the leadership team has said because he. And I, and I find that so beautiful of a picture in that. There's the respect to the position that God has placed Mark in, while Mark has then respected the positions that God has placed in in y'all's life. And I think that that's what's important is, one, the root of everything. I think whatever the system is at any church, I don't think there's one that works for everything, but I do think that, one, you have to look at Scripture, and you have to make sure that those qualifications are being met, um, as that is not... Descriptive, that's prescriptive. Those are commands that Paul and Timothy and all those guys are, are saying. And then, two, I think at the root of it is, is there genuine accountability to carry out one, God's vision for the kingdom of God? And then, two, the specific vision of a church wanting to carry out that vision, God's vision in a specific way. And so I think that's why um, I'm enamored with how Hope does it. That's one of the things that honestly kept me here was when I read the bylaws when I was first coming to college. It was just kind of like one of those things I was passionate about, and I really wanted to make sure a church had good bylaws. And coming out of a traditional Presbyterian church that I grew up in and before that a reformed church that my dad was a part of, um, to see the structure here and to see it carried out in a way that was so diligent and where there was this genuine atmosphere of trust, um, I think that's a beautiful thing to where um, when Mark comes and says that the leadership team has made a decision, I don't really ever doubt that decision that was made. Even if I'm like, oh, why'd they make, like, you know, it's like I, I trust that that decision was prayerfully and thoughtfully made and that there was a, a group of people who care about God's vision being carried out, that they didn't just come in there willy-nilly and make a decision, but that they, it was a thoughtful decision and prayerful decision. And so that's what, I mean, I could talk about the system here and, and I could rave about it for days, I really could. Um, but because I, I care so much, I think in a system, in a society where we're so skeptical of leadership, I think that's why accountability is so important in whatever we're doing, as long as we're being held accountable. Um, and that's why I appreciate it. I had that sheet of paper from Josh and Whitney. I looked at that for the next six months. You know, I'd go back to that. But that's what, I, I think that's what we need is people that we trust. Like I trusted Josh and Whitney enough to say, I, I really need help. I, I I don't necessarily know what I'm doing wrong or right. <laughs> I'm just kind of trying to figure this out. And for and I trusted them enough that the motivations of them were coming from. I want Rhett, my my son, to be in a, a place where the gospel's being shared. And I want and because of that, I want other kids to hear the gospel in a clear way. And uh, and there was. A couple pages, and it was so helpful. But I think that's what that's what the leadership team does on a large scale is Mark can go to them and say, I, I need help on this, and uh, we need to make a decision, and then that decision is made in, in, a way that, in an atmosphere of trust and accountability.
1: I, I think it's important to know that we're not some kind of secret society
3: either. Right? I, I mean, definitely
0: like, thought I wasn't allowed to know who was on the leadership yeah. team until like a year ago.
3: Really? <laughs> no, seriously. And most people don't know we even have an elected leadership team. That's the other thing. Most people have no idea that there is such a thing as... And ELT, they see that and they probably think right. safety team or so, right. something else, you know, like. But, but uh, you know, you look at that
1: and say, well, what does that mean, right? In the, in the context of your question about it, you know, what, is, is it the best one or is it the right thing? Uh, you know, are there better ones, yada, yada. A lot of me says, well, the fact that, that it's kind of seamless to people and goes on in the background, that's a great thing, right? Because that means that hopefully the decisions that we've been a part of and are making are, are for the good of his kingdom and the people that, that are attending and volunteering and, and everything that we've talked about. But but I would say that in the in the spirit of, I, I don't, I've never been told for sure that we're not approachable by anybody, even with the, the staff, right? I mean, there, we have talked about there's a healthy balance and, and we need to realize that, you know, friendship and the leadership team are two different things, right? And, um, you got you got to be cognizant of that when you're building the relationships that, that you know as knowing that I'm a voting member on that team, you've got to be able to take your personal um, feelings sometimes outside of, of that relationship for the purposes of doing the best for the church.
0: And right. I think like your both of you and like all of the leadership team, your experience as, um, a part of the body of Hope Fellowship is what makes you so effective, because you're bringing out these, you know, outside perspectives with your life experience, but at the end of the day, you are experiencing hope, and so you just kind of have that vision for, like, here are things that are going well, here are things that, are, that aren't. that are I remember when we were making this decision about uh, a sound system, uh, I remember, like, one of the things uh, I was considering and researching and wanting to do as I've always wanted to have wireless in-ears for our singers, but I was kind of struggling with like, is this actually practical? Is this a good use of resources? Um, and just praying about that a lot and making sure my heart and intentions were in the right place. And I know after Pastor Mark met with you guys, he came up to me and he said, Hey, Josh Greger mentioned that, you know, mm-hmm. it'd definitely be a really good idea if you guys had wireless in-ears. And he was like a really like, a voice for that. And it was just so affirming for me. I was like, okay, cool. I have someone else who has a different perspective, but has come to like the same conclusion. I don't know anything about me. it,
2: but I voted yay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. yeah. one, one of the things too, you know, that, that, you know, I think, um, adds to the effectiveness is, you know, on a daily level, you know, pastor Mark, y'all have what staff meetings every Tuesday morning. You know, Monday you're off. Tuesday morning, kind of first thing, you have your staff meet. Get get the week set off with with. And uh, you know, I think Mark, at least my impression is, does a good job of of staff related. And you know, everybody being a cohesive. You know, he allows you. He recognizes, uh, and he's told me. You know, I mean, he's told us as a group. He talks about the talents, the your unique talents that you bring, and. The only way he knows the unique talents is to to have that relationship and understand who you are and what you do, and so, as well as like you know if if there's an area where like well they'll grow into this or they'll grow into this, but your unique talents are shared with us. So the only way we can make good decisions is to have good information. And then you know in the business world, I remember I worked for a boss one time, and he said, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do this, this, and this. I mean, he was a CEO. He owned multi-million dollar companies but he said he said you know I hire him I hire good people and I let them do their job now they report to me and they tell me what to do but I don't I don't get in their business I let them do their job and I I think you know to be really successful you don't want to necessarily micromanage somebody you know it, 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 as long as their vision and what they're doing is is in line with the mission of our of our church and what God has us doing here I think but i think mark does a really good job of of identifying and allowing y'all to do and and flourish and then also when when you feel like I, i'm speaking for you i don't know but in my yeah, personal background good. when somebody allows me to do this and i and you know there's a joy in how i move through rather than i feel like there's somebody you know that's going to second guess me at every turn you know i'm allowed to do and and if I have questions, I can ask. What do you think about this or this? This is this is. I'm at a crossroads here on my approach, and I was thinking about doing this or this. How does that fall in keeping with, you know, the message that you're trying to deliver, on this Sunday or throughout this series? And I I don't know. I sense that particularly with the two of y'all sitting here that that you know I, I see that. These types of questions are I think
1: healthy, mm-hmm. for us so that we can continue to ask you know what is my role and how do i expand that or how do i play whatever god is expecting me to play Um, i I think one of the areas that we'll have to wade through here when we've already kind of hit on it is you know we've already established that our um, church from home is the same as our, our church on campus but inevitably you know the more i think about it i've I think that those type of people need something different than what we offer at the church too, right? So what does that look like, right? It's new to us, it's new to us as a society, um, and we'll have to wade through that in some way that, that makes us healthier um, and gives those people what they need to become and belong and make the disciple, right? That's completely different for that group of people, especially the new people, right? That, that relationship is not founded on what we knew and in our interactions from when they were here, right? Um, so that'll be interesting. The The other thing I think is very important for us to mention, I'm sorry, I know we're trying to close up, but we, we make it a point, too. This is one of my favorite things about leadership team, really hope in general, but we don't meet without breaking bread together. Right. I mean meals are important, you know, it's biblical, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm proud of that one. <laughs> now we don't do extravagant things, right? Usually there's sandwiches of some kind, but at least we start out together fellowshipping over food and saying grace. Usually Pastor Mark says grace, but sometimes some of us get brave and do it, but, mm-hmm. but we eat I, I think that's good. I think that's healthy, right?
3: And I guess for a final question, anyone ask it?
0: Yeah. So we ask everyone who comes onto the podcast to share um the book that has been most influential in your life, other than the Bible, um, something that you think everyone should read and could get something out of? Even if it's just for fun. doesn't have to be super spiritual.
2: Well, I mean, I've already referenced, I guess of late, since I, I'm old and I have short memory, uh, I like John Eldridge's Wild at Heart. And, uh, you know, usually I'll get one or two things out of a book that really stick with me. And I'd reference the, the humility and the confidence component. And that was something that he pointed out in that, one of the chapters of that book. And specifically, it's geared towards men, but it can apply towards anybody. And, uh, and I thought about it, and I thought about how I've lived my life, how I've grown up, my dad— and my relationship with him, who I respect tremendously. But he had a very, very strong personality. And of extreme, you know, he was a wonderful man, good Christian, extremely business ethic, you know, his ethics and his morals. And, you know, I look at how he lived out his life. and uh, But because of that, he had a uh, – I was very timid. Because he was such a strong, dominant, and I didn't feel like I could measure up. Uh, Wild at Heart brought out some things for me that uh, that I realized that that I was never created to measure up to my biological father's standard, and uh, even though I thought it was immensely high, and that I was created to be who God created me to be, and that was very eye opening in parts of that book. But the 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 confidence and uh, and the humility aspects that that we are innately required to exhibit both of those, not one or the other, is is how we really flourish as a Christian man or woman. I mean it sounds like you're you're maybe hinting at self help style books, but I guess for me one of the most
1: Gosh, influential so ones right now is uh is Lama Llama Red Pajama. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I mean yeah, we do <laughs> Not, not that one. <laughs> we do read that quite frequently, me or Whitney. Um, you know, if I if I step back, I was trying to think through, through the book. I don't read a ton of books, to be honest. I listen to a lot of excerpts or I, watch, I read a lot of magazines. But I think uh, some of the ones more recently that I've really found interesting are, and I even forget the author now, but um, Start With Why, um, and Leaders Eat Last, uh, Simon Sinek that's the author for those really good you know more they're more on the you know business side but I guess they're more broadly applicable but I you know there's other ones that I find fascinating too like the autobiography for Steve Jobs it's just incredible to me yeah. um it's it's crazy kind of the how things worked out for it, the mesh to get to where he got right and so that that one's interesting there's some tough parts to it for sure um a- anything from Francis Chan will oh, blow your Francis mind, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you th- if you have any notion that you you may be some level of a believer, that you read any of his mm-hmm. books, and you're gonna be like, whoop! I gotta step <laughs> my game up, right? Um, we've done those, and some some connection group studies are really good.
3: We really do appreciate both you guys making time for this, um, and just for anyone listening, uh, I think. They should know that Josh and David are two incredible uh, men who I, I know I look up to for sure um, and strive to be like. Um, you know, I avoid the imperfections. You guys both have them. But, um, <laughs> but two men that I genuinely look up to, and I think uh, that for everyone listening, that value and care about the kingdom of God more than they care about Hope Fellowship. And I think that's the beauty of them being on the leadership team is that they want Hope Fellowship. Uh, to be in line with what God's will is for the kingdom of God. And I think that's evident in the way that you guys live your life. That was so evident in the way that you guys um, serve and volunteer and care about the local church.
0: Yeah, second all of that completely and hope that all of you listening also uh, enjoyed hearing from Josh and David. If you're at Hope, feel free to ask them more questions about leadership or their experience with volunteering. If you guys have any questions about this week's episode or previous episodes or maybe even ideas for things you'd love to hear more about in upcoming episodes, you guys can shoot Nathan or I an email at podcasts at hopeanderson.com. We'll see you guys next week.